From Swoop, it's Take the Plunge, a podcast about how business owners decided to stop what they were doing and took the plunge to start their own business. We take a look at how they came to that decision and what those first crucial steps were in getting their business up and running. My name's Kieran, and I'll be your host for this episode. Here's what you can expect on today's episode. We were able to build out the designs of what we wanted it to be, so almost making a prototype um, that we could then bring to those to our developers, and that had already set us going. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Ben Barter, co-founder of Skin. Skin aims to create a marketplace where people will honestly compare and review products they buy. Above all, people should better understand what they're putting on their skin, where it came from, and how it will help, if at all. You're very, very welcome, Ben. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me, Kieran. Yeah, very well, thank you. Uh, great to be on here. How are you doing? Yeah, doing very good myself. Well, I suppose, like everyone on this podcast, we always like to start from the very beginning. So, Ben, what were you doing before starting up Skin, and why did you just decide to stop doing that and take the plunge to start Skin? Before, before everything happened with COVID, I, I was working in uh, international events, B2B international events. So, as you can imagine, March 2020, that all completely shut down and uh, we were all placed on furlough, the whole company. And that really, that gave me a lot of time to, to think about what I wanted to do next. I'd been there quite a while, been there five years and uh, had been feeling quite ready for a change, to be honest. And uh, I'm not so good at just doing nothing. So furlough was a perfect opportunity to have a think about things. And my co-founder, Flinty, uh, we were working together at the same events company. So we were talking about some ideas. And she told me about the idea for Skin. And as soon as I heard it, I just thought, that, that's great. That's awesome. That could be a game changer. And we just went from there, really, after a month of looking into it, doing our proper research, we decided, yeah, let's go for it. And from kind of doing the research and, and getting the initial idea, at what point did you feel actually there's definitely a business in this? I think when when Flinty first described what her idea was, it sounded amazing. But my gut instinct was there must be something out there that does similar thing. That this guy, this this sounds a bit too good to be true. And after lots and lots of research, it just appeared that there wasn't. And I think the the size of the market speaks for itself. The importance of social media is ever increasing. So really, in terms of whether there was an opportunity or not, that was fairly straightforward once we found out that there weren't you know, any players in a similar space. And I suppose, yeah, once you've kind of researched it, felt that you've got some good first mover advantage here, what were the kind of next steps you took? Was it looking to see how you could start to, to build build the platform straight away, identify the right talent that, that you could uh, find to, to make it happen so the the first the, the place that we started first was looking to find some developers to build the technology neither Flinty nor myself are, are technical unfortunately as much as i'd love to be able to code in this day and age but yeah so we we we, we went about that and we we found someone who was who was very helpful who's now our technical consultant who really guided us through that process and told us what to look for how much money we could expect to spend with an agency. Um, and we ended up settling on a, a great agency that we're working now called Arch, who are based up in, in Newcastle and they're doing a fantastic job. But that was really the first step that we made. And that 
that whole process was quite a long one, I guess. And there was a lot of learning to do whilst we were doing that. Yeah, because it's a really interesting uh, step because for, for many founders, early stage founders that have a really good idea, often the next step is to build something usually technical and often like yourselves didn't have a, a technical co-founder. And many people have been scarred on countless occasions of their first experience with developer or first experience with design. Do you feel getting someone with technical consultation experiences allowed you to have a much more smooth transition? As you say, you should be paying for external outsourcing in this ballpark region. This is how you should prep the work. Was was that the help your kind of technical consultant was giving you? Yeah, I think that helped massively. Um, it just, because Flinty and I, we had no idea how long it would take to build this thing first and foremost, but also, as you say, a ballpark figure of how much we should spend. So. I think the first agency that we spoke to was based in the US and they said that they could build the app for us in uh, two to four weeks and it would cost us six grand. And if we pretty, hadn't pretty, that pretty magical before, numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we were thinking, well, we've already got the money for that. That's great. Um, and of course, like that was never, ever going to happen. And the next person we spoke to was kind of 300 grand so we we needed to settle on something that was in between and, and that's where josh our technical consultant was really really useful because he he allowed us to be realistic in, in what we could hope to spend rather than just saying let's take a punt on this guy that's claiming he can do six grand some probably wise words from from josh there no doubt and it, it, in terms of kind of getting your idea on on canvas so to speak how was that kind of experience like you because i'd imagine yourself and Flinty probably had really good ideas in terms of if i went into the ios store if i went into the android store this is what i would expect to see but often if you're not coming from say a product or technical background how you articulate that to an agency or a developer can be an interesting exercise to go through how did you how did you find that experience so again this is where the the kind of technical knowledge comes in handy as well so we were put onto a platform called, uh, I actually can't remember the name, it's Sketch. Sketch, is the Sketch. Name. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah, and so we were able to build out the designs of what we wanted it to be. So almost making a prototype um, that we could then bring to those to our developers. And that had already set us going. So firstly, that saved us a bit of money in terms of design because the foundations were already there. But also we could bring to them a clear idea of what we wanted it to look like and how we wanted it to work. And that made the initial kind of discovery session really, really easy. As you were kind of, I suppose, mocking out the, the app and, and setting the agency on, on its way, were you guys then splitting your roles out in terms of getting ready for, for launch um, as, as two co-founders or were you kind of working together as a team on, on everything? So at the beginning, we, we wanted to be there when we were building out the, the really, you know, the really basic functionality of the app and, and putting those foundations in place so we worked on that quite closely together and then as time went on flinty took a more of a product role so she would understand what the users want she would get the feedback in and she would work closely with our developers and i was looking more towards the the strategy the, the fundraising that we were going to have to do and, and building out that business plan as well in terms of kind of that customer research piece i'd imagine that was pretty crucial did you guys have a kind of a clear idea of who your kind of core customer is as of today or or back then and were you able to 
pick people you knew or did you randomly go out and identify kind of customers that you thought were going to be the type of people to use the product so we did a mix of a couple of things really we didn't we didn't have the money to go out and get um, a lot of feedback from random people so we did we did an initial survey with people that we knew and trying to extend that as far as we could go so second third degree connections and got some really interesting feedback from those people but then the the key piece of feedback that we got was we went on to these uh, Facebook groups with like real beauty fanatics on there. And mm -hmm. we managed to do a post that got, got really well received and loads of people wanted to give feedback, liking the idea. And it's the feedback from those people that we got that was really, really great. Because ultimately we want to build the app to, uh, as something that is there for everyone, whether you just want to mm -hmm. save money on your beauty products or you want to be really actively engaged in the social side. but. The key people to get at the start with the people that would want to make use of everything that's going to be on the app from social to price comparison. Uh, you touched on kind of your role in terms of looking at that, that fundraising element. How have you found that? Because I suppose going out and I see you guys are looking at SEIS, early stage equity funding, as early stage founders, it, it can be a bit of a slog in that it, it takes a long time to ultimately sometimes close out around, or have you found it? to be an, an easy breezy experience. I've never spoken to anyone who said fundraising has been easy. <laughs> and that's been lucky because I think you see so many people now uh, and, and you know, it's sensible PR putting out there and saying, I've raised this amount in like a week. And it's mm. just, it's not true. The amount of no. time <laughs> that goes into building that up. Yeah, I saw, I saw someone the other day saying he did, he did it in four days. But Flying it's the, I know. <laughs> and it's building out that, you know, making your deck, building that business plan, like it takes such a long time before you're yeah. even in a position where you can speak to investors. And then that whole process is really, really tough, especially at a, an early stage. We found that getting in front of the right people is really, really tricky. You know, if you're looking mm. for a VC, you can Google it. There are so many options out there. You've got pages and pages looking for an angel investor who wants to invest in your space at your stage is really tricky. So mm. that has been a, a steep learning curve for us. We have, you know, we have successfully, we did a small round to start off with and we successfully closed that. We're in the middle of our, our second round now and that's, that's going pretty well, but it's, it does take much longer than you would hope or maybe expect. Prior to, I suppose, doing, even doing your first raise, had you had experience with raising or understanding kind of tax incentivized schemes like the SEIS scheme, or was this all kind of new, new to you first time round? Uh, first time round, so yeah, uh, lots to learn. Fortunately, had a, had a few people who I knew who had done, who had been through the fundraising process, and they were really helpful. First of all, you know, putting us onto the SEIS scheme which we wouldn't have known about, but is absolutely crucial. Mm. Um, and I would recommend anyone in the same position to just go and get advanced assurance straight away. It's the first thing they do. But yeah, we, we were very fresh to it and we had a lot to learn. No, it's, it's a huge learning curve. I suppose I, I, I'm talking with such familiarity with SEIS, but if there are people listening who aren't familiar with it, as an early stage business in the UK, it's a no brainer that you should be looking at SEIS within the first two years of commercial trading, because in essence, if you're an investor looking to invest in the business, you can immediately get 50% back on your investment. So if I was to give 
£10,000 to skin today, I could get £5,000 back straight away from HMRC. And in the unlikely event that skin didn't go too well, uh, I could get a further uh, 25% back. So as Ben said, the first kind of protocol, if you're looking at external equity finances, you should be getting your uh, advanced uh, assurance. Um, I suppose then, I suppose going back to other aspects then, Ben, within getting skin ready ready for launch, I see you guys have now done a, a successful pre-launch and you're, you're starting to get activity on the site. What has that been like? Has it been pretty exciting see, getting that, that live feedback on, on the product, having worked on it for so long over, over the last year? I mean, it's been really great uh, it, to see people using it. Um, was really, really exciting. We've used this soft launch as, as, a, as a beta testing stage, really. So we've got 800 people on there and we're getting really good feedback from them. Um, and we're in the process of building version two based on that feedback. And I think when that version goes out, that will be the moment where it's really exciting. We're, mm. we're very proud of the product that we're putting out there. But this process has been really important for us. And we've, we've seen some you know, really encouraging signs. People are buying on the, on the app, which you, know, you never know if people are going to actually do that. <laughs> What, what was launches. that? What was that first sale like? Oh, it was great. It was <laughs> it was really really satisfying just to see it working. Yeah. <laughs> Before even considering that someone's bought it, um, that someone's gone onto your app and, and spent some money. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think at the moment it's the 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 most satisfying thing, and it's it's kind of the the standard teething issues with any tech product is just to see it working for someone, you know, without any issues, is really satisfying. And especially hearing that feedback from people, because what Flinty and I are seeing on a daily basis is not a functioning app necessarily. It is the next version that's about to be released that's not quite yeah. ready, that's far from flawless. And hearing about people using the app that's out there and being happy with it is, is a really great feeling. And it reminds us that there is a good app out there. It's just not the one that we're testing it at that point in time in terms of kind of like the the feedback though you're getting on the live app what are you do you have software or analytics that's giving you this information or is it anecdotally through reviews or, or customers buying on the platform itself it's, it's a mix mix of things really you get some good analytics come through naturally which is always interesting to read but i think the, the best thing is actually going out to the people that are using it and getting the feedback from them um, and having a bit of back and forth with them. And it's, it's been really nice that people have been happy to give up their time. So many people have been happy to give up their time and actually talk through what they like about it, what they would improve. And that's been invaluable because we can get all these usage stats, but that only takes you so far because that just shows that people are using it. But we want to know what people like and what, would, what changes we could make to make someone use it more often. Mm -hmm. and do different things with it engage with the social side more and it's really great when you have a group of people who are happy to give such in-depth analysis of what what they like about it and just touching on that kind of social aspect to it obviously with the app being kind of marketplace driven and and, and people obviously sharing their insights experience so so everything can become more personalized yourself when, when you're when you're finding kind of product information out how have you managed to kind of create that environment? Because often, yes, you can create obviously the technology that allows users to 
user generate content, input information, but often, particularly with early stage marketplaces, there's pulling behind the scenes, let's say, in terms of encouraging people to share, to talk, and, and, and how have you found the best way to kind of create a, a, a more happening marketplace, let's say? So that's the thing that we've learned most about during this beta testing phase. So when we first put it out there, there was quite limited social interaction. We were trying to understand why. And we, we had some influencers have a look at it who were really wanting to post. And the, the first thing that they said was that they didn't really understand how they would go about the posting process. And it made us realize straight away, like, why are we trying to change something that's not broken? So why are we trying to be a bit different to how you post on Facebook or how you post on Instagram? We should just do it in a very similar way to them. And that was the, that definitely the first thing that we learned. And then getting further into it, we looked at what do people actually want to see? And people are naturally kind of doing things that could go on the social feed behind the scenes. And we just weren't putting that front and centre necessarily. So when one of your connections reviews a product, it now goes onto the social feed to immediately create that. You know, you might comment on it, ask a question, you get that back and forth all of a sudden. When anyone adds a product to their virtual shelf on the app, it goes onto the social feed, meaning that there are more ways to engage on the social side of things rather than just asking a question to a blank audience, for example. Yeah, that makes a huge amount of sense. And I suppose one other element that you kind of mentioned there briefly was influencers and obviously as a b2c product kind of social element app to it it does lend itself quite well to i suppose influencer-based marketing how how big a role do you kind of foresee things like influencers or even micro influencers playing uh within skin in in, in its kind of embryonic years i think that they're going to be hugely important um both for promotion but also we we want them to be using the app as well um mm. you know the, there are so many influencers out there in this space, in the beauty space, that have got hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers. And we want them to be posting on skin as well as, as Instagram and other social channels. Um, but for, for promotion, they're, they're going to be hugely important. They, so many companies are using influencers now, and it's proven to be a really effective tool. We want to try and use them as, as more brand ambassadors mm. than just simply stopping and saying, here's, you know, go and post about us once. We want to really engage them because we recognize that they're such an important part of what we're trying to do. Mm. And in terms of kind of the, the stage you're at the moment, which is kind of, as, as you say, beta launch have you tried much in the way of kind of paid media mini strategies to experiment what that what happens in terms of acquiring customers from from different channels to see does it make a big difference to your numbers or are you kind of still at that very much just slowly test it get the response phase so we did a couple of tests um mainly because we wanted to have people that we weren't in any way connected with to be yep. on the app so that they could be beta testers. And that worked really well, actually. There were, well, we used three influencers in total. One had a great, great level of engagement. Then, you know, it went down to one who basically did nothing. And it was just, it was really interesting to see, even with those influencers, and then looking into how they post and what specifically they were posting about as to how effective they were. 
So the most effective mm. being someone who is all beauty posting about us, whereas the least effective being more of a lifestyle poster, getting less engagement. And it just showed that we really want to hammer home the beauty side of things rather than falling into, you know, potentially missing a trick by having someone too generic posting about us. We want at the start to get the fanatics on. And in terms of kind of acquiring and getting the, the fanatics on, what is your kind of thinking as a kind of a early stage business looking to build up a community around skin? Is it to work in an isolated geographic area, say a country or a region, or is it to, to take a kind of global approach from, from the get-go? Uh, so we're only going to be in the UK to begin with. We want to be able to really market the app whenever we move into a different region. So mm-hmm. start to get up and running in the UK. The end goal is of course to, to be ava- for skin to be available around the world, but we don't want to be spreading ourselves too thin at the start. So really focus on the UK, make that side of the app brilliant, and then get the users on board and start growing it from there. And then talking a bit more on, on the growth stage then, you, as you say, you're, you're, you're partway through your, your second funding round. What is it that you're looking to do now in terms of uh, executing on, on, the, on the funds when, when it closes? I suppose yourself and Flinty are, are naturally dovetailing into different areas in the business, probably wearing several, several hats. But where are, where are the, the next roles or where is the next strategy in terms of giving you that next level of growth for skin? It's, it's, it's all around the marketing, really. The marketing is going to be absolutely crucial and once we've finished our version 2 development and we're ready to have our official launch at, at the beginning of august we want we want a budget to put behind that and that's the main thing that this second round of fundraising is for the other part of it is to continue to develop the app i'm what we will launch we've still got so many ideas coming through we've got about a, a list of about 200 different features or little tweaks that we want to make and it's just about continuing that ongoing development um, as as we go into our official launch and start to get people using it. The, the backlog's not not getting any smaller by the sense of things. No, it won't. <laughs> and also, when we start when we do our official launch, we're going to hopefully be inundated with feedback as well, which will yeah. you know create a further backlog. Um, but that's you know that's part and parcel, isn't it? It is indeed. And I suppose yeah, then looking kind of maybe a bit forward facing then from a skins perspective having say let's say closed out the round where where do you want to be as as a business and as a founding team within in, in 12 months time in 12 months time i think we'd like to be well established in the uk and we'd like to have moved into another region as well and we'd like to have hired some people i think start to grow the <laughs> team build out the team um that would be nice wouldn't it yeah yeah i think three main aims i i think we could get a solid user base in the uk I'd be delighted with that i'm really proud of it but looking further and, and more ambitious certainly you know we've got the us on our radar and if we're going to do any of that we need to hire some people yeah absolutely well ben i, I can't wish you any more uh luck for it i think uh, it's been brilliant just hearing your story so far i really appreciate you just being so honest and open and talking about the various different stages you've gone through from selecting a, an agency considering how you're going to get it to market how you're going to get some funds the pain of raising said funds uh but it sounds like you're in a really nice place where you've got 
live customers, people buying products. So it's in a, in a very exciting stage for you guys. So yeah, wishing you all, all the luck for it. And uh, thanks so much for kind of sharing the kind of growth story so far. Thanks, Kieran. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. It's been great.